Welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Church podcast. We pray that this message will help you in your walk with Christ. The title of Dr. Splunk's sermon today is We Can't Help But Speak of What We Have Seen. The big idea is that living under the Lordship of Jesus Christ will often put us at odds with the rulers of this world. However, we must obey God rather than human beings. I just want to thank everybody involved in the music this morning. Uh, from our contemporary worship uh, band and choir and Joel and Kelly and everybody who's worked so hard, especially Chris up there in the corner. Do you everybody see Chris? Chris is a hybrid. He plays for both teams, but um, I, I'm so grateful uh, for each of you and all of your talents because um, ultimately what matters most to me is the truth of what we sing. And I love um, both styles of worship that God's blessed us with as a church. They're valuable and an asset. And truly, if we do the, contemporary, or the combined services correctly, everybody ought to feel uncomfortable at some point in the service. If we do it right, everybody should feel a little bit nervous about something or something's not exactly right. Because as I look out at the sanctuary this morning, uh, I am so encouraged by the people who are in this sanctuary today. I love Mountain Brook Baptist Church unapologetically, and I'm so excited about all the people that God's brought here in the past, the people who've made it possible for us to be here today, and I'm really excited about the future that God has for us to experience, and I'm hopeful that these days that we spend in the season of Easter, did you know there's a season of Easter? I did not know that growing up. For me, Easter was a day, but it's a season apparently. And leading up to the day of Pentecost, and we're going to think together through passages in the book of Acts, and also think a little bit about our church's history to, to look back and remember how we got here, not to dream for some great bygone era that was so much better than what we have, but to think about some distinctive elements of Mountain Brook Baptist Church that I hope will always be here as we look forward and think about who it is that God's calling us to be in our day um, and in the future. So with that in mind, I invite you to listen to uh, what I read from Acts chapter 1. It's on page 770. If you don't have a Bible or you don't have your phone or however you look at the Word, and you take the Bible there, I really do encourage you always to follow along. Don't trust that what I'm telling you is true. Make sure it's in the Bible. Um, Acts chapter 1. And I'm going to read uh, verses 1 through 8, instead of just 8, verses 1 through 8. Listen to what Luke writes here in Acts chapter 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? 
He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If any of you are are new or you hadn't been around in the recent history of Mountain Baptist Church, you may not know that I am fairly new in my role as pastor. I've been involved in the church for, it's hard for me to believe that this is true when I say this, this summer, 14 years, which in some ways seems like a long time, in some ways doesn't seem like that long at all. But as you might do if you were getting ready for a job interview, I learned all I could about the organization that I was interviewing for when I got prepared to speak to the search committee about possibility of being your pastor. And there's this really great book, and fortunately it's out of print, or I'd get each of you a copy. It's called Outward Focus. It's the history of the first 50 years of Mountain Brook Baptist Church. And Drs. Lee and Catherine Allen wrote this book um, at some point in the past, and it's really fascinating to go back and read the historical account of how it is that you and I ended up in this room today. Because it's easy to look around the sanctuary and just think, well, this has always been here. As far as I can remember, there's always been someone in here. It's my experience. As long as I've been at Mountain Brook Baptist Church, it's been right here at the corner of Montevallo and Overbrook Road. There's always been this beautiful sanctuary to worship in. So many things that I take for granted. But at one point, we were a fledgling church start. We were in the area that we now call Crestline Village. We were a church plant in this emerging area where there weren't a lot of churches yet. It it did um, disappoint me that I think the Methodists and the Episcopalians may have beaten us here. But not long after that, we we made our way and started planning a church here in the Mountain Brook area. And it really is exciting to go back and think, if, if we could, of what it would have looked like to stand on this piece of property and there to be nothing here. Just land and brush and trees. I don't know if the doctors, Alan, um, exaggerated about how barren or not, not great it looked when they first came here. At some point, they had enough foresight to come here and to get this land. But we started out in Crestline Village in this little, the way that they described it, it's just kind of like a small house that was put together. And everybody had a little part in doing it. And I want to read I want to read just an excerpt from their historical account of our church to to make you think about something moving forward. It says, The new church quarters were ready for occupancy on Sunday, August 6, 1944. I'm not going to make you raise your hand. I'm just curious if you were in the world on that day. It was a big day for a church that had been meeting in a schoolhouse for more than four months. Preparation of the house had taken work by almost every member of the church. It was just a foretaste of the construction teams that MBBC would later send to New England sites four decades later. Formal dedication of the new building was held on Sunday, September 3, 1944. Letters were sent to Crestline residents inviting them to what was called formal opening day. This day, for whatever reason, became the traditional anniversary date of the church. 
And for most of its history, anniversaries have been observed around Labor Day. In recent history, we've avoided the exact weekend for reasons that you might, uh, you might guess. The charter role was extended to include anyone joining that day. And then they go on to talk a little bit about other things and developments briefly. And then they, they, they make this statement that I think is worth us listening to and considering moving forward. Prior to this time, the church was struggling to exist. Thereafter, its viability was never in question. Prior to this time, it was just struggling to survive, and after this, its viability was never in question. Well, if you've paid attention to anything in the world recently as it relates to churches, the viability of every church has been called into question. Unlike back in 1944, things have changed significantly since that first congregation started meeting there and then they worked to get here on our property and build the chapel in 1950, I think I'm telling you correctly. And then everything else started populating around the the church grounds. But if you read church experts and if you read people who are making sociological predictions for the future, the church's viability in general, the big C church, doesn't sound that great. That churches are mostly declining or plateaued. Churches are kind of hanging on and hoping that they're still going to be here in the future. And it's a rare thing for a church to be thriving and growing and for new people to be drawn to a congregation. And it's one of the reasons that I'm so thankful to God for this unique season that you and I have an opportunity to experience here at Mountain Brook Baptist Church. The Lord's been gracious as I've transitioned as your pastor, and, and, and so many people have made so many good comments and encouraging words about how great things are going, and, and the feel of the church is great, and our giving is good. So thankful for that. Other, church, other people are joining the church. But I don't think that we should be so so naive as to sit here and think that that's always going to be the case. That it would be very easy for us, like other churches in our area. You don't have to drive that far, friends, to find churches that are closed. We shouldn't be so naive as to think that we'll just be able to sit here and be a church forever. If we're not really careful to make sure that our mission, the reason that we exist is always before us. As I read the history of the church, it's interesting to think about how the focus starts changing the longer you get into the history of the church. Where it once speaks of, you know, all these church members, could you picture this? All of us getting together on a Saturday to nail some boards up or paint some boards and kind of just get the church together It it transitions over time to more of a description of the the things that we've done, maybe, or the things that we've offered, the great musical programs that we've offered, or these different things that if, if we're not careful, it'd be easy for us to get so distracted by all the different things that we do and lose sight of this most essential part of who we are, that God's called us to be in this place, in this time, to bear witness to the good news of all that God has done for us in Jesus Christ. When you transition to the end of the book of Luke 
and you start the book of Acts. Acts is Luke's account of the birth of the church. And he, he talks early on about the disciples spending time with Jesus. And I love the fact that Luke points out yet again that, that Jesus is eating with them. That Jesus is there in the flesh helping them see that he really is risen from the grave. And as he's preparing to leave them, he gives them these instructions about who they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to be about as a people. Listen again to what he says in verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus is very clear of what the first disciples, what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to go out and to witness, to talk about all that they had seen and heard and what God had accomplished through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they were supposed to start local. And really, as I read Acts 1.8, it's, it's not as much that he's giving them marching orders as that he's telling them what's going to happen. That persecution is going to happen in Jerusalem and they're going to be scattered even to the ends of the earth and wherever they find themselves, their job is to bear witness, to talk about the miraculous thing that God accomplished by raising Jesus Christ from the dead. One of the things that God's been gracious to allow me to do in recent months is teach a fourth through sixth grade Bible study here at Mount Brook Baptist Church on Wednesday mornings. So if you were to drive by the church maybe 6.40 or so on a Wednesday morning, you'd see a group of boys piling in for maybe chicken biscuits. Maybe they're here for the candy. I don't know. But they keep coming back, and I've had an opportunity to teach them about who God is and who God's calling them to be and I can just tell you in the time that the Lord's given me to spend with those boys that he's, he's renewed my sense of call that Mount Brook Baptist Church be serious about reaching people in our community with the hope and the good news of Jesus Christ. You see, it would be easy to drive down Montevallo Road and to cruise through our neighborhood and everything here really is beautiful. You get used to it if you've been here too long. Recently, I took the long way back from 280, and I wove through to get back to my house, and I told Mary, this place is gorgeous, especially in the spring. And everything kind of looks right, and everybody seems to have it together. But I know enough to know as I have conversations, as I engage with people, as I deal with the, my, the people in my family, we do not have it all together. And we need to be reminded of the good news of the hope that is available to us because of all that God has done for us through Jesus Christ. But there sneaks in, if we're not careful, this idea that, that mission or missions is out there somewhere. If I were to ask you to think about a mission trip you took recently, or if I said, tell me what you think about world missions, likely many of you would think about a far-off exotic place, or maybe you would think about a rougher, 
kind of tougher part of Birmingham City. And you wouldn't be wrong. You wouldn't be wrong. But it's also the case that people all around our neighborhood, they're struggling. And I think that it's even more frustrating perhaps if if I had all the resources I thought I needed to handle my problems, but I still couldn't handle them. And God's placed us right here at the corner of Montevallo and Overbrook Roads, and he's given us this mission, and he's given us this call to our neighborhood, to the greater Mountain Brook area, to Homewood, to Vestavia, to Hoover, all these over-the-mountain communities that are all around us, and he's given us this opportunity to be serious about looking up and looking out at the people that God has placed in our lives and around us and holding out with grace and with generosity the good news and bearing witness to all that God has done for us through faith in Jesus Christ. One of our former missions committee chairs said something one time that I, I had to really think about for a while before I was sure that I was, that I was buying it. But he said, you know, really, if you think about our budget, so what we do here at Mountain Baptist is we kind of split up our budget into different pieces, different parts. And there's a missions budget, and then there's, I'm getting nervous because our finance chair is on the front row. He might correct me if he needs to. There's the missions budget, and then there's the ministry budget, and there's designated funds, and there's, you know, this sanctuary, praise be to God, that we're sitting not in the dark today, correct? It's, it's climate-controlled. There would be a way for us to think about, that's really important, that's missions, this over here, eh. But that missions committee chair said to me, he said, you know, every part of our budget really is missions budget. And as I've spent time with those boys and as I walk the halls of Mountain Brook Baptist Church and I think about the kids that even now are in our nursery and there's some nursery worker praying that God is merciful and I don't preach too long today, if you don't laugh at that, you haven't been there, friend. But every aspect of who we are and what we do ought to be for the purpose of proclaiming unapologetically but with grace that there is new life to be found through faith in Jesus Christ. And that every other path to satisfaction, every other path to fulfillment, every other place that we might look to find hope or joy or meaning, Ultimately, every one of those things will come up empty. And God has been so gracious as to put us here and given us the answer for every longing of every human heart in the person of Jesus. You know what happens if you lose sight of the fact that you're on a mission as a church? Rather than becoming someone who comes to church to be equipped, to serve, and to go out, it's really easy to become a consumer. And you come to church, and you, maybe you leave, and somebody says, how was church? And you're like, oh, the music wasn't that good today. 
preacher went on and on about something. I have no idea what he was talking about. There are donuts today, and you leave, and everything could be about you and your experience, and you could become someone who evaluates everything about church based on how you liked it. Just take a moment and look around the sanctuary today. Go ahead, turn your head. We're an interesting group, friends. Likely we wouldn't all be hanging out together apart from this common calling and this common faith that God has given us through faith in Jesus Christ. If we lose sight of our mission, then the church becomes sometimes a museum. We look back and we think, wow, look at all those great things God used to do here. Or it can become kind of a mansion and we think, let's just make it better for us. Make it more comfortable, make everything where we want it. But if God were so gracious to keep before us that everything that we do here ultimately serves the purpose of us engaging and reaching people so that they may hear the good news of all that God has done for them in Jesus Christ. Then church becomes a place that you come not just to get your needs met, but you come so that you can hear more about who God is and what he's done for you in Christ, and you go out with this sense of purpose to reach other people with the message that he's given you. Or you might find yourselves, I'm warning you, in May, later this month, the 15th, I think, we're going to give you a chance to sign up and serve. You might find yourself in a nursery room praying that I stop talking. Because God's called you here to more than just coming, hearing a message, and singing some songs, and going back out into the world. He's called us here because he's given us this incredible mission to go out and proclaim the best news that anyone in the world has ever heard. And it starts here in our Jerusalem, and it goes even to the ends of the earth. There are a lot of things that, as a church that could divide us and get us distracted. A lot of things that we could wonder what in the world's happening there. It could be your music style preference. I think that God has been so gracious to bless Mountain Brook Baptist Church with an incredible group of people to lead worship, regardless of what you enjoy in terms of musical styles. At the risk of uh, embarrassing Louisa, I talked to her earlier as she was coming in. And I said, Louisa, I just got to tell you, I didn't grow up with classical music. But I've come to appreciate it here at Mountain Brook Baptist. And what you and Chris Farley did the other Thursday night, incredible. And then there are other people who enjoy different styles of worship or what they like to wear to church. Look around again, we're all dressed differently. But God's given us this common purpose and this common calling that's so much deeper as we recite things like our affirmation of faith. And as a moment, in a moment, as we share the elements from the Lord's table, that ultimately our unity and our joy and the strength of our fellowship will be found in the deepest, most meaningful things that we share. And if God is 
gracious to keep us on track and keep us focused on that mission that he's given us. And I think we'll look back and, and maybe, maybe when we're long gone, they'll revise this. I'm sure it'll be a Kindle book by then. And there'll be something wonderful that God in his grace and mercy writes about us. That maybe future generations one day will look back and they'll think, man, I'm glad those people were there. I'm glad those people in that time and that place didn't drop the ball or lose sight of all that God's called them to do and to be in this place and in this time. I invite you to pray with me. Father, we are so grateful for who you are and for all that you've done for us. And I am thankful for Mountain Brook Baptist Church. I thank you for the people that you called to come here and plant this church back in 1944. I thank you for all the generations who've come before us, who've, who've made today and made our tomorrow possible. And Lord, in a, in a world where we hear all kinds of messages of doom and gloom about the future, of your church, Lord, we look ultimately to you as the source of our strength and our hope. And we pray that you would be gracious and merciful, merciful to us in these days, that you would give us clear focus on the reason that we exist. That we're not here for ourselves alone, but we're here to engage deeply in this mission to which you've called us. We pray for the people even this morning around our community. We pray that they would know the hope of the gospel. And we pray that when they drive by Mountain Brook Baptist Church, that they would know that we are people who are serious about proclaiming the good news of all that you've done and that they would know that they have a place here among us. Be gracious to use us during these days. And we offer this prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We pray that today's message brought you hope as we continue to love God and live with grace and generosity. Be sure to check back here for more podcasts. And as always, go out and do the Lord's good work. Mm-hmm.